0: Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. It's Thursday, February 6th, which means the Thunder just defeated the Cavs last night to propel the team to three straight wins and eight victories out of its last nine games, which means we've got a lot to talk about today, so don't go anywhere. It's the Thunder Basketball Universe. Welcome into TBU. We've got a normal crew here today. It's me and Nick and... It's been snowing in Oklahoma for the past two days, so we're trying to push through that right now.
1: It was 80 on Sunday or Monday, and then two days later, like six inches of snow.
0: Yeah, my car was absolutely covered and took me like 30 minutes to get it all off. But anyway, it, the the weather might be cold, but things are rocking and rolling here with the thunder like I said off the top, won eight out of their last nine games, and it is Thursday, February 6th, which means it is the trade deadline for the nineteen twenty NBA season. Which means you've probably heard the Thunder's name swirling around in a few trade rumors, but as you probably saw, no deals were made for the Thunder.
1: Yeah, you know, as always, the Thunder is probably making calls, receiving calls. That's the due diligence that the Thunder front office is doing. It's what every NBA organization is doing at this time of year Sam Pressy Thunder general manager and his staff are always kind of methodically looking for opportunities to improve the team both in the short term and in the long term and you know kind of enhance their flexibility the assets that they've got um, but this Thunder group has a strong core um, and there were no deals clearly that kind of rose to the level of something that would either enhance this organization in the short term or in the long term. So, uh, OKC stood pat on trade deadline day.
0: And so, no trades, no deals means that this Thunder team is going to continue to roll. And one of the things that we're going to talk about right off the top is the most recent game that Thunder had, which was yesterday against Cleveland at home, which came down to the wire for (laughs) not the first time for the Thunder, and they gutted out a victory at what came down to the last minute thanks to a really – Clutch, critical steal from Dennis Schroeder, which actually got credited to Shea Gilgis Alexander, but we'll get into that. But this Thunder team has really found its way to operate late in games. Dennis seems to be just a catalyst
1: in those stretches on both ends of the floor with his energy. He's picking up full court. He's scoring on the other end. He had six points in clutch time. But the guys who have really been the workhorses offensively for the Thunder in, in crunch time have been CP3 and SGA. Chris leads the NBA in crunch time scoring with 120 points. And Shea is uh, eighth with 78. So... Both those guys, when the games are tight within five points with five or few minutes to go, they get the job done.
0: And one thing that Coach Donovan said post-game was, this is kind of a dangerous way to live, right? You don't want to have to keep playing in these close games because what happens is late in games, things can go in your way and things cannot go your way. Shots might fall and they might not, or they might fall in the other team's direction. And you. Just, it, it's a matter of just being kind of in a favorable position at that point. And the Thunder has been on that favorable side recently and against Cleveland, a big shot late from Dennis Schroeder in the corner in front of the bench, plus a couple of free throws and that big time steal allowed the Thunder to stay ahead, but it's been consistent for them. And I wonder if there's a formula that they've kind of found to be able to be on that winning end.
1: Well, one major way that they're doing that is through a very high screen and roll action between CP three and Danilo. Um, a lot of times those pick and rolls are set maybe more right around the three-point line and Chris can take one or two dribbles in to get to that elbow. Late in games, they're extending those screen and rolls up you know, almost to half court. Not quite all the way there, but really high up on the floor. And that's just creating even more space and separation for Danilo to get out of those screening actions to roll and still be behind the three-point line open for a shot. And then Chris has got more of a head of steam as he gets downhill, so it's providing a little bit of a different look.
0: And for the poor defender guarding Chris Paul, just it, it's so tough to a have to navigate a screen that far away from the basket, and also you have you're picking him up clearly farther back, so you're locked into trying to guard one of the best point guards in the league, and you know getting hit by Danilo Gallinari is no. No thing to go unnoticed.
1: <laughs> the, the other thing is just putting yourself in those positions night in and night out. Now, against Cleveland, maybe the expectation would be that you, you're ahead by more. But there have been plenty of games this year, like the comeback in Houston, where maybe OKC had no business being in the game that late.
0: <laughs> That's true. But it, one thing that you keep mentioning is it, there has been multiple guys who have stepped up and found ways to help the Thunder be in a position to win whether it's Danilo or Chris or Shea or even some role players down the stretch. Lugans Dort, Mm -hmm. we had him on the podcast this week. I mean, we've seen him grow into this defender who you can count on clutch time to guard one of the best players in the league and make an impact on the floor.
1: I'm curious to see how Lou does here moving forward. He's now been a starter in eight straight games and... So he's, he's playing off pure instinct here for the most part. He's getting some help from the coaching staff. But now teams know about him. Teams are, are kind of thinking about him going into games. We saw Hami deal with this last year. I'm curious what this will be like for Lou.
0: The beauty for Lou, though, is that his, his production for the Thunder is strictly defensive. If he doesn't score a bucket, he's still super impactful for this team based on what he can do defensively. And that's something that... You know, you can scout for, you can say Lou is a great defender, but it's another thing to try to keep him from being a great defender, you know, because that's just not something that you can stop offensively.
1: Just to wrap up our clutch time conversation, I wanted to point out one other thing, which is OKC makes its free throws. We saw Steven hit two crucial ones down the stretch. And the Thunder is one of the top teams in the NBA at the free throw line.
0: And they have a really fun trend. And I keep bringing this up, but they are one of the teams that will consistently make more free throws than the other team attempts. And it is played out time and time again for this team. And that's a testament to two things. One, that they're playing aggressively, getting to the free throw line consistently throughout games. Cleveland and the Thunder are two and three in the league in personal fouls per game, which means they commit some of the fewest fouls per game. And yet, the Thunder forced them to 15 or let me double check 24 personal fouls for Cleveland on Wednesday. And that's a testament to them just consistently finding ways to be aggressive, get into the lane, draw those fouls. We heard talk about Shea Gilgis-Alexander just always finding ways to make that contact when he drives to the lane. And then on the other side of the ball, it's a matter of staying clean, keeping people in front, and while also forcing really tough shots, which is A really tough thing to do defensively.
1: Well, speaking of free throws, the next guy that we want to talk about is Dennis, and he took 11 against Cleveland the other night. He continues to be on this torrid scoring pace. He scored 30 against the Cavs, and yet again, scores 20 or more.
0: For the eighth straight game, and then seven of those games were as a reserve, which set a Thunder record. And Dennis Coach Donovan said this last night after the game he said Dennis is like, no doubt worthy of being a starter and he appreciates his sacrifice of being willing to come off the bench because what he provides as a spark and a reserve off of the bench all through the throughout all four quarters is so impactful for this Thunder team
1: the thing that's been different about Dennis this year and it's why Terrence actually last night said that he should be an all-star and Good luck finding an argument for me on that one is uh, his shooting has just been incredible. Uh, career highs in field goal percentage and three-point percentage.
0: It, it plays out every single game. There's not a, a, a game where you see Dennis not being productive on the offensive side of the floor. And that's because, like you said, he has the ability to shoot. But we've also seen him attack full speed downhill and find ways to finish we've seen some really different finishes and crafty finishes from Dennis around the rim this season
1: yeah that's been a hallmark of his game is being able to just blow past you on the perimeter and that quick first step now we're seeing more and more crafty ways he kind of finishes under his chin a little bit to avoid his shot getting blocked this season he's his shot has gotten blocked at a a lower rate than really any year of his career Uh, and then you know he's also finding other ways to be effective I, th- I swear he's learning some from Chris. The last few games, his lobs to Nerland's have come with just a slight flick of the head for a no look. And most of the last year and a half, Dennis, when he's thrown those lobs, he's kind of telegraphed them some. He's He's looked more directly at the guy he's going to. And that is a pure Chris Paul move where at the very last second, that head is going the opposite direction or he's calling out, something to somebody else on the floor and then boom that lob's going up and Dennis has incorporated that too
0: the one that he threw against uh Cleveland on Wednesday it he did look away and that that ball went so high into the air and Nerland somehow got it and threw it down. But that's something that we've also seen progress throughout this season was his ability to make that connection with Nerlens on alley-oops. It wasn't quite there at the beginning of the season, but as of late, I mean, Nerlens is just an absolute dominating factor above the rim, and those passes have come from Dennis and Chris.
1: Mask or no mask, Nerlens is going to finish anything.
0: (laughs) Today is the trade deadline, but, you know, Since the Thunder didn't make any moves today, we thought Nick and I would put a few things on the trading block in in our daily lives. For example, one thing that I would put on the trading block is this Oklahoma snow. I wasn't prepared for it. I don't like it. And I think I will do just well without it. So I think I will put that on the trading block and I will take a couple of cold days in April. I think that's a fair trade.
1: That's fair. If I, would, if I were you, I would push those cold days out even further into May or June. You have not experienced your first Oklahoma summer yet. So I would, I would even extend those even further. Is that going to
0: benefit <laughs> me later down the road? What's happening? Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what happens in these P- Oklahoma summers? Push, push
1: those picks back as far into the future as possible.
0: <laughs> what are you putting on the trading block? I would
1: say, actually, this is trade deadline related. I miss finding out about trades on TV like the twitter thing you know there's all this build up there's rumors there's things being thrown around you don't know what to trust you don't know what not to trust and it was just a lot simpler and is even in some cases way more exciting when it would just be like a news flash on ESPN or a news break across some game that you were watching that night that this you know trade had occurred and you know you're sitting around with your friends or your family and you're kind of all arguing about whether it was good or not uh I don't know I guess maybe I would, I would rather uh, I'd rather sit around and banter with all my friends than millions of anonymous people on Twitter <laughs> you
0: want it to be an actual social experience yeah, Yes, exactly <laughs> it's the exactly. stupid social media and my phone's on twenty eight percent today from scrolling through Twitter um, I think the next thing I would trade and this is this is not <laughs> deadline related but I think I would trade a room in my house for a dog oh I think I, I think that's I think that would work out perfectly. I could just take the dog outside. We don't need the extra room. It's totally <laughs> fine. And it'd be great.
1: Do you want to come dog sit Heidi sometime?
0: <laughs> I was just hoping you would ask. So yes.
1: <laughs> I'm going to be in Chicago for All-Star. So, you know.
0: <laughs> All right. It's on the pod. It's <laughs> happening. It's so Put it, put it on the post. <laughs> put it on the post. Speaking of All-Star, it's next week, next weekend going the 14th through the 16th. So Be sure to go to okcthunder.com, follow at okcthunder on all social channels and stay locked on the Thunder mobile app to make sure you're up to date on all things All Star. Here at the Thunder, we like to keep the main thing, the main thing and the main thing for the Thunder right now is four straight games at home In stark contrast to January where it felt like we didn't see Nick for a whole month. The Thunder has almost all but three home games Sorry, all but three games in Chesapeake Energy Arena.
1: It's going to be really nice to play in front of that home crowd, kind of reestablish what should be a kind of dominant performance at home. The Thunder, in fact, by the numbers, scoring and shooting is much better at home than on the road. But in January, actually, it had more road wins than it did home wins. So continuing to try to rack up those opportunities to put some wins in the bank, continue to move further up in the standings. I mean, right now, This Thunder team is a game and a half out of fourth place in the Western Conference. And as you mentioned, they've got some home games here lined up. Now some stiff competition, some stiff competition, Detroit, Boston, San Antonio, and then heading to New Orleans before the All-Star break. So this will be a pretty critical run here. We're well past the the halfway point.
0: It's also fewer games. There's only 10 games in February with the All-Star break versus 17 in 31 days in January. So, I imagine that will, you know, kind of have a different impact on the players and the coaches and probably you too as a reporter just being able to kind of, you know, soak in a scouting report, soak in some recovery time and really just put everything into that game.
1: There's definitely more time for all of those things for the coaches to, you know, have a second to breathe between scouting for a different opponent. But then also, like, it's time to do laundry. It's time to you know <laughs> spend time with your kids or your significant other or whatever. You know, it's just it's life things that you didn't necessarily get in January, and so this is a nice part of the schedule. For younger players, sometimes it can actually be a little bit harder at home because there's more responsibilities, there's more things that you have to deal with. Uh, so this is a good test for a lot of players on both fronts. Is you know, can you come home now? You have this chance to kind of exhale. Are you ready to take on the challenge of being able to do all the things that you need to do throughout your life and get ready for the game? Whereas when you're on the road, you're stuck in the hotel. you got nowhere to go. you got no responsibilities. So I can't do my laundry. I'm ex- on a plane. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a little bit of a different, uh, different deal. So a good opportunity for this Thunder squad, though, to, to go out there and see if they can continue the stretch of wins in eight out of its last nine games.
0: What made us look this week was actually on Wednesday when the Thunder, in contrast to January, played with a full complement of healthy players outside of Andre Robertson. And we saw Terrence Ferguson back into the lineup after missing eight games due to personal reasons. And it was just great to see him back out on the floor.
1: After the game, he was still kind of buzzing with energy, just really happy to be back with his brothers, as he said. And. You know, being around the team was uh, was a really good thing for him. And as you mentioned, I mean, the Thunder was without Stephen Adams for quite some time. New Orleans Noel, Chris Paul missed a game. Danilo missed some games. Abdul Nader missed games. There were a lot of guys out during that month of January in addition to Terrence. And so to fight through all of that, as we talked about, to go 12-5 and 5 during that month, following up in 11-4 in month in December. The Thunder really uh, deserves some praise for the way that they handled that, and now, hopefully, knock on wood, have some smooth sailing in the injury department as they go through this lighter month of February.
0: It was kind of a different feel. It was like everybody was dressed out, everybody was ready to go and available, and it was something where you knew that everybody who had played so far this season was ready to be on the floor. And so it just kind of... It was, it was a nice feel, and it was right at the beginning of February. So in this month, like we talked about, fewer games, a lot of home games. So it's nice for the Thunder to have all of its players available to go up against teams on their home floor. We've come to that point in the podcast where we want to bless your timeline. Our timeline was blessed on Wednesday post-game where Chris Paul, he does this, Every now and then, he'll find a fan in the stands and bring them down post-game and either give him an autograph or give him his shoes. But in this case, it was a it was a young girl. It was her 13th birthday. She had a sign that said, uh, Chris Paul, I'll, let's do a jersey swap for my birthday. He brought her down courtside and took the jersey off his back and gave it to her. And post-game, she was just in tears, so happy.
1: I almost... Photo bombed it by accident. I had just gotten done with my walk off with Dennis, and I started to walk back towards where my seat is uh, behind the scorer's table, and then I saw Chris with no shirt on taking his jersey off, and I saw saw the the girl he was giving it to, and uh, it was just a really a sweet moment. And as you mentioned, it was true emotion. I, I don't think it hit her right in that moment when she was getting the jersey, but later, after Chris had already walked off the floor. I think she realized what had really just happened and that he had taken that time to to do that for her, and she just started weeping a little bit.
0: And She didn't even have to give up the jersey she was wearing. She, it wasn't even a full swap. So yeah, it was just a really cool moment. Got the autograph, got the jersey, and a memory to last a lifetime, I'm sure. That wraps up today's TBU. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to our producers. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later.